What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. My name is Josh, and this is Filmiverse, a show all about the phenomenon that is cinematic expanded universes. As always, and by always, I mean for the second time in a row, I'm joined with our panelists of nerds. Bruno? Thank you for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> that was very well done this time. You, you seem less flustered. I practice. <laughs> Megan. Did you did you super practice? I super super practice my super speech for the super show. <laughs> Next up, we have Megan. I decided that since Chachi said that he would come as long as there were cinnamon rolls every time, I went out and I bought more cinnamon rolls. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> You're just finding out about this. Yeah, I, this is a this is a surprise. I knew that there would be snacks, but I didn't know that it would be cinnamon rolls again. Uh, by the way, that was Chachi. And finally, we have Brendan. Hi. I'm doing great. <laughs> well, y'all are great. I know Bruno's great. He's doing well today. I'm doing super no, well. No, Bruno's super. super. Right. Chachi's fantastic. And I'm fantastic. Great. What are we talking about today? Let's jump one. into this week's stories. First off is one that I've been having way too much fun with all week. It's Mustache Gate. For you who don't know, Warner Brothers has decided they're going to extend the reshoots for Justice League. Even more so than they already have. This is causing problems, though, because... Uh, Henry Cavill is also shooting Mission Impossible. In that movie, he has a mustache. He's not allowed to shave that mustache. So Warner Brothers, they decided to keep on shooting, and they're just going to digitally remove his mustache out of every scene that he does from here on out. Wow. I feel like this is a kind of a cool metaphor for the DC Universe right now. You know? It just and, kinda... and by cool, do you mean sad and pathetic? <laughs> Okay, apt. It's an apt metaphor okay. for the DC universe <laughs> and how it's uh, shaping up to be right now. It's fine. I think they're just going to have Wonder Woman in the foreground of all the new reshoots and then everyone else doing stuff in the background. Perfect. That would work. Actually. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would like it. It's it, like Wonder Woman one and a half. It'll detract from his mustache anyways, just having Wonder Woman there. They'll be paying attention to her, then we'll be paying attention to him. No one will see the mustache. I just want to comment on the fact that I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be dead, right? Like, so... <laughs> What's the big deal? Like, what are they just gonna? Is it gonna be funeral scenes where they're gonna digitally remove it? Like, yeah, I mean, how that, many speaking lines is this the, guy supposed to have? All the all the noise and drama around this stupid mustache is pretty upsetting because, like, he is supposed to be dead. Now we all know he's gonna be in the next movie, but like, trying to keep that shit under wraps. I mean, to be fair, Henry Cavill actually ruined this whole illusion. Months before, when he tweeted a photo of him wearing the black suit. It was just like a close-up of the black suit. And it's like, check it out, guys. Everyone knows he's in the movie. He's already casted in the movie. So we, unless we thought maybe it was going to be flashbacks or something like that. It's not a big surprise. And also, unfortunately, they weren't able to stay to their guns for the end of Batman vs. Superman. And we saw the rocks float on top of his casket. So we knew that he was coming back to life. Because that's the exact same thing that happened when he took flight for the first time. I just thought he had a new power that he could do while he was dead. <laughs> yeah, that just float rocks. Kryptonians they float rocks when they're dead. You float should see their cemeteries. And, it's weird. Float rocks and grow facial hair when you're dead. I have a real problem, but it's not exactly that. Okay. So the reshoots. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about that? Yeah. No. The reshoots. The two people who are having the problems is Henry Cavell and Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller's having problems with reshoots as well because he's slated to be in the next Fantastic Beast movie. Didn't he die at the end of the last Fantastic Beast movie as well? They're both dead anyways. But listen, he he's having conflicts because 
he's in a bigger part or something I read in the article from Variety. He's supposed to be dead. That's a spoiler. He died? He exploded. <laughs> he uh, by the way, yes. spoilers for Fantastic Beasts, just in case we didn't mention that. <laughs> I feel like if you watch or you listen to the show, like, you, you should be have to be caught aware. up. Yeah. Um, okay, I, Fantastic I, I Beasts. I need to get caught up, apparently. Damn. They put them back together. They at the no. they kind of did the same thing Superman did though. At the very end of Fantastic Beasts, you see one piece of the stupid like shadow monster thing that he became float away and like go over the edge where it's like oh, maybe he's not dead. They movies have no <laughs> backbones. They can't stick to their guns. I just want to know, we are allowed to talk about this because of Fantastic Beasts. Harry Potter yep. is now an expanded universe. That's true. I just wanted to let the audience know that. <laughs> and That's sorry it. for spoiling so much of the movies for you, Chachi. Well, no, thank you for reminding me because I, I thought He's seen that, the movie. I, you saw it, yeah, right? I, thought oh, okay. that, I thought that he was like, I forgot that he was the shadow thing. <laughs> which is kind of a major plot point. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, the, the theme in blockbuster movies is always to have a giant monster at the end be the bad guy. Right. And that's what they did. All right, let's go on to the second news story. Uh, Wonder Woman has a release date, guys. Yay! Yay. Wait, wait, you need to clarify, though. The movie coming out on DVD and VHS, or... Wonder Woman 2 has a release date. Did you just say VHS? You remember those commercials? (laughs) Coming out soon. On VHS. But when is it? We're that old. December 2019 is the release date. Boo. That's pretty soon. It's not soon enough. I feel like two years in between movies is probably good because then they have enough time to actually shoot the movie and to like make a good plot and everything like that. That's the part I'm more excited about. Um, but you get Wonder Woman one like Wonder Woman one point five in the Justice League movie. And with all the reshoots, it's probably going to be Wonder Woman like one two point, already because they're probably um, going to have a lot of her in it. I was going to go like one point six and a half. Yeah, I'll say seven. Now, didn't we establish that that's also the same year as Captain Marvel? Yes, Captain Marvel is May. Of 2019, so we're gonna have a Marvel movie and a DC movie with female leads, which is gonna be interesting because it'll be kind of the first real showdown. I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of people really like to put numbers on things and they say like, "Well, what money? What movie made more money?" For instance, Wonder Woman is actually, I think, the domestic gross for Wonder Woman is higher now than Guardians is. Do you think the success or failure of Captain Marvel could impact? how Wonder Woman does in the box office, or do you think people could separate them? Oh, I, I think they'll be separate. Do you? Yeah. I think you 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 have a lot of the Marvel, DC, or the Marvel, the MCU itself is going to carry a lot of weight moving forward. If they start hyping Captain Marvel, uh, let's say mid-next year, and start you start seeing her tied into, I mean, even if she gets tied in somehow in Infinity War, you're, you're golden. Like, you get her... Roped in with gold, or with uh, Infinity War, you're good to go. See, I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking Wonder Woman is the most well-known female superhero. Captain Marvel who? Yeah, true. I think she's going to play a bigger part in Infinity War than they're letting on. I think she's mm-hmm. they're, she's going to uh, either come back and be like this whole savior, like she's the one who kind of you know saves the universe after everyone sort of tries and fails, or you know kind of gets there half half heartedly, and then. They go back into her, like, her, her the one coming out in May. So, kind of, like, everyone will get a taste of her in uh, the Infinity War movie. And then we'll come out with her solo movie after that. I agree with that. I, I want to see her with the Guardians because there was a run where she was part of the Guardians for a while. It was fantastic and I loved it. I'm actually curious, uh, kind of bringing it back to Wonder Woman here. Do you guys actually think that Wonder Woman 2 can outdo domestically and worldwide in terms of money? 
the, the, than the first one. I do. Um, I mean, I honestly think this is going to be a bigger movie. One, Wonder Woman now is an established property. We know what to expect with her. Everyone loves the first movie. Well, not everyone. Look at you, Bruno. Um, <laughs> but I do think that it's going to pick up steam, and it could... This also depends on how Justice League gets taken, because Justice League kind of tarnishes Wonder Woman. That It's a very big possibility if it's not a good movie. But I think what will be more interesting is the fact that if she doesn't, if uh, Captain Marvel doesn't have a big part in Infinity War, this movie is kind of like an island to itself, Captain Marvel is, because it's it doesn't have the rest of the Avengers in it because it's a prequel and they're not existing yet. Right. So it's going to be just her and Nick Fury are the only two, well, Nick Fury is the only thing that really ties it together with the rest of the MCU. So it doesn't have it doesn't have what Spider Man had, which was to kind of lean on the fact that we had Iron Man in the movie a lot. Well, if you look at it that way, Ant Man didn't have anybody else either. It also didn't make as much money though. I mean, it, it's that's true. It's a it made decent money, but not did not make nearly as much as even Wonder Woman. But they did tell uh, Ant Man more of a heist movie rather than just like a superhero movie, right. which I think got uh, a, a lot of people excited because at that point in time, people were like. Uh, Superman, like superhero movie again. Uh, but they're like, no, no, no. I mean, it is, but it's a heist movie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a different genre. But yeah, so it just means Wonder Woman has to live up to whatever the bar's been set by Captain Marvel, which is going to be either to its benefit or it could kind of be setting it up for I failure. Don't, I don't think that it has to live up to Captain Marvel at all. I mean, they're going to be, they're, they're going to be totally different. Yeah, they're going to, they're coming out in the same year mm-hmm. and everything, but. Captain Marvel has to live up to Wonder Woman, not the other way around. That's true. I mean, it, but it's going to be 2019. I wonder how fresh in people's minds Wonder Woman the movie is going to be. It's going to be super fresh in my mind. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think, to be fair, everybody's always going to compare Captain Marvel with Wonder Woman, not just because they're coming out the same year, but because, one, they're women... Two, they're the, the first females of their universes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go to the next news story. Uh, Jared Leto might play Bloodshot in the brand new Valiant comic book cinematic universe. Jumping off that DC sinking ship. <laughs> is it him jumping off or is it him being pushed off the boats? Because I really don't think a lot of people liked him as the Joker. And so maybe it's more like, hey, we don't want you back. That's fair. I think a lot of that had to do with just Suicide Squad being bad in general. I think if they would have gave, had a better script, it would have been he would have been better well received. I don't think so. I, his Joker was so just foolish and dumb, like the Joker with grills and the ha 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 tattoos. His his Joker was just such an over the top in real life cartoon that I don't. I think you could get him, give him a really good script, and I wouldn't have taken him seriously. Which, what is really funny about that is that he blames the studio for them taking out all of his crazier scenes, all of his scenes that made him seem more Joker-like. Yeah, but, I mean, one, the reason I don't think that holds water is because Margot Robbie, her Harley Quinn, was super popular, even though that movie was not good. In fact, they are giving her another shot. Like, they're going to have her go on. Um, I forget what, it was going to be Sirens, but uh, Sirens got canceled, so I'm not sure what, but... Pretty much it's guaranteed that she's going to make another appearance as 
Harley Quinn. I heard rumors of a Harley versus Joker movie, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen now, especially with Jared Leto. I don't know if they'll just recast him or how they'll go forward with that. But regardless, I mean, it's it's. N- I don't think anyone's complaining that he's going to be leaving as Joker. So here, I mean, continuing to just poop all over DCU as we, <laughs> as we typically have already done on this podcast in one and a half episodes. Um, like they've kind of by doing this and by signaling this, like you've already shot one of your biggest villains in the foot in terms of like a franchise. Like you, I mean, so like you already, we had this discussion last week about the problem with the Batman and about how Ben Affleck may already be looking to get out. And you, what do you recast Batman again? And you just have this kind of revolving door of characters forever. And now you have this Joker. That's probably part just bad writing that it's just a Joker. They probably thought it was just a, colossal failure and they were like why would we ever use this joker again but then by extension you don't have to recast joker as someone else it's just like it's just to me it's so silly like you you colossally messed up one of the biggest villains if not the biggest villain oh. in the batman universe he's uh, he's like the biggest villain ever yeah right. mm-hmm. i mean if you if you ask any normal person on the street for a superhero they're gonna say either batman superman or spider-man if you ask them for a villain who, who, who can they go with outside of the joker Lex Luthor. Yeah. But but, but even so, Lex Luthor's right. not he's not all bad. Like the Joker is <laughs> I feel like that like depends on what run you're looking at. But sure. yes, you don't read comics the way the rest of us do. <laughs> 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 that might be I mean, I'm all for rooting for the bald guy in the comics, which I do all the time. But... <laughs> I expect you to rub your head. <laughs> it's an audio podcast. I can't see it anyway. <laughs> Can um, we do the run where Martha is the Joker? Th- that would actually be... Well, that's Flashpoint. That's what I was mm-hmm. going to bring up, actually, is this brings me back to Flashpoint, guys. I really do think Flashpoint's going to be a reboot of the DCU. It's almost like they have to do it. <clears throat> the only way that I'll be okay with it is if the Flash, like brings Wonder Woman with it. No, it's going to be one of the things where some things have changed, but some things haven't. You okay. know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, oh, didn't touch Wonder Woman at all, but, oh, somehow the Joker got changed, and somehow Batman got changed, and all that kind of crap. Or they could even just meld universes. We didn't talk about Valiant at all. No, we just immediately just shit all over Jared Leto. Yeah, well, that's easy to do. <laughs> I don't think anyone here, except for Bruno, you're the only one that's ever read anything Valiant, right? Yeah, I read a f- uh, few issues. I went for a little while, and then I just had too many comics to read, and unfortunately I had cut something out, and Valiant was one of them. It, does it feel like a, just kind of another version of a capes-type superhero genre? Like, is it is the universe very similar to DC and Marvel? Uh, some characters, yes. Some characters, no. And I'm sure some Valiant listener will be like, ah, actually, you know what? You're wrong. Well, you uh, think there's Valiant yeah. listeners. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think there's listeners. <laughs> Listen to this. <laughs> Rob, my mom said it was really good. Aww. As I was leaving today, Rob was like, "Hey, I heard you in a podcast." I'm like, "Oh yeah," and then we sent it off to a couple other people in the office. Anyways, so it it is similarish. I mean, like it feels kind of like another Capes universe. In some ways, yes. Some ways, no. I mean, you have Ivor the Time Walker, who basically just travels through time. He doesn't. I don't think he has any other powers other than that. But like I said, that one or zero. Buying listeners go look that up and be like, nope, you're wrong. What about Bloodshot? Since that's going to be who Jared Leto is supposedly going to be playing. Bloodshot is a character who is, is kind of a mix between like Wolverine and Deadpool. Uh, he has like a bunch of like nanobots in him, which hmm. create his healing powers, and they kind of like restitch them together every time he gets hurt and everything. Hmm. 
Um, so yeah, a little bit, uh, but I don't have too much more to go off of, other than like the one or two Bloodshot comics that I've read. Well, this kind of makes me worried though, since it is you know tights and capes, just like the other two universes, having a third cinematic universe that's trying to make its way and. I don't know. I, I just see that being confusing to most viewers. Especially one that's so much lesser known mm-hmm. than Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. I, I doubt it will do too well. I mean, prove me wrong, you know, but I, I don't see it doing as well. Their short list of actors that they have for it are high, like, well-known actors. So. Well, if Jared Leto's in it, I'm not watching it. You lost one. I like the idea that it's... Um, a lesser known series. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone knows Superman and Batman and Spider Man and all the Avengers and everything. Like I so, you know, we watch we watch the comic book movies and like I were like, Oh well that never happened in the comic books or <laughs> you know, whatever and like it would be nice to just watch a comic book movie and just like have it be a superhero movie and not have to like go back and look at historical accuracy. I mean I'm sure that our one value uh, listener is gonna, he's gonna do. <laughs> he's that. gonna do that, yeah. Or she is gonna do that, but um, the majority of people won't. Um, so one thing to note, actually, is the the, the one thing I, I think about with Valiant, um, even though I've not really read anything about it other than what you guys are discussing, but the the concept of a comic book and or a superhero series starting up and kind of becoming popular is very real, but also I think it falls into this problem of superhero jadedness. I think a lot of people have actually become too jaded to superhero movies. Like, they're... You, Valiant would have to sell itself on being, like, the anti-superhero movie, superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the thing. You We have so much of it. We're, like, this, this year alone, we're going to have four super... Five. With Wonder Woman, we'll have five superhero movies just this year alone. But wasn't that the point of Suicide Squad and Deadpool being the anti-superhero movie? Yes. I feel like it failed, though, because it wasn't actually anti-superheroes. I mean, especially Suicide Squad. It ended up being a weird witch who has superpowers being the bad guy at the very end. I was like, what? This is back to comic booky." And I guess maybe that's a good point, because Deadpool and Suicide Squad made a shitload of money. Yeah. Like, And so, I mean, you could make it work. If you make Bloodshot and the Valiant series look good on paper, look good in a trailer, you know, kind of... Maybe it works. Maybe it works. You know, uh, you need to you need to face like Jared Leto. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, I know a lot of people here have their feelings about Jared Leto. A lot of people happen to like Suicide Squad, no matter how bad it was, and a lot of people like Jared Leto. As well, those Joker. people shop at Hot Topic. <laughs> I, well, as it turns out, Hot Topic's a multi-billion-dollar brand. So this is a chance for them to kind of, if if they want to go this route, Valiant is not well known, and they pretty much like you were mentioning earlier have a blank slate. And they could shoot this in any way, shape, or form that they kind of want. If that's the route mm-hmm. Sony chooses to shoot this. Right. Which gives you a lot more possibilities than just a superhero cinematic universe. Like, you could do... I'm not creative enough to think of one off the top of my head, but <laughs> it gives you definitely more Black possibilities. Sad man! <laughs> <laughs> what? Make a man, make a man? <laughs> no, sad man. No. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that, though. Alright. Second last story, guys. We have the franchise Aliens is in jeopardy so i don't know if you guys saw the sales figures for alien covenant but it was not good in fact it was less good than prometheus which was already not the hottest prometheus was 400 million and alien covenant was closer to 200 million Mm -hmm. so that's a pretty big drop and a lot of people were expecting to be the opposite because they thought since it had the alien name it would actually get better sales 
in the fact that we also had original director back and all that kind of stuff. But not so much. So now it's in jeopardy. Um, I think the only one that's here that's really a huge Alien fan is Brendan. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? So um, being that I grew up watching the Alien movies and I've been forcing all my friends and girlfriend to to watch (laughs) the Alien movies as often as I can, um, it is disheartening. Uh, Alien Covenant um, was two movies in my opinion. And spoiler alert, I... Or not spoiler alert, but... There's there's a few minor spoilers in here, and that it is it's David's movie for sure. Um, it carries on kind of the legacy that he started in Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus I thought was a more well well rounded uh, covenant. Had this huge problem where like it almost felt like Ridley Scott was like let's throw in all this blood and gore and cheesy horror shit that I thought was great in Alien, but not really put my heart into it. My heart right now is in the creator versus creation ideology that I'm going with. And that was what was really awesome in Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant, anytime David was on the scene uh, and his counterpart, there was another android called Walter. The two of them talked. They had two very different concepts of how they view creators because they're both androids. And those scenes were great. They were quiet. They were tense. They, I mean, Michael Fassbender just sells every scene he's in. He just chews it up and... Those parts of the movie are fantastic, but the we ran into these issues of just the rest of the movie was just boneheaded, poor pacing, and other other problems. And ultimately, I think the problem where the Covenant ran into this problem where it didn't have a big name attached to it. You know, like you, Prometheus didn't have much, but I think people were just so excited to see the next Alien iteration, and the Prometheus was okay, so like, it generated hype, and then Alien Covenant started coming up, but again, there was no big name attached to it, and even then, even Michael Fassbender wasn't on the front page, like, they didn't really push Fassbender's role, I mean, he plays such a huge part in it, but I think to kind of keep some of that mystery, I mean, David plays a huge role in it, but you don't actually see David until almost half hour into the movie. Uh, I do want to mention that they did do something that was a little different where they had that, like, video in between of David that they released. Yes. Uh, ahead of time. It wasn't released with the movie. It was released prior sometime in the middle between Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And it was just very odd to do that because then you have this piece of information that if you didn't see it prior, you didn't really know that it was there. Yes, um, it was very strange because they they left off. If, if you at the end of Prometheus, they ended up leaving the planet and going to what they believe was the engineer's home planet. And then there's a small two minute clip you can actually watch that was created by Ridley Scott, um, showing David arriving at the home planet. And on top of that, his interactions with Shaw um, as like the two of them are kind of having this bond as they go to um, to the next planet. Um, so this is separate than the other thing that they came out with, which was that little vignette that was them going towards the new planet, the cast of Alien Covenant, um, I believe was directed by Ridley Scott's son, uh, directed it. It was like a kind of like, I think it was like a four minute, five minute little thing where they're all just talking about what they're going to do with their money and how they're leaving and yes. all that kind of that, stuff. That is a separate vignette. Yeah, okay, that was a gotcha. separate, yeah, the, like where they're kind of on the crew, they're kind of partying a yeah. little bit and then it harkens back to the original alien like the one girl starts to get sick. Yep. Um, yeah, that was a great scene. Actually, I thought it was better than most of the scenes in <laughs> Alien Covenant to be fair. Um, that sold me on that. But like, I, it, I, I don't great. like seeing these type of movies in theater because I'm not a huge horror movie guy. So I like to see that like at home where people will make fun of me if I scream. Sure. Um, so <laughs> it, 
Yeah, so to be fair, now to come back to the original point we were making, that uh, I think there, that uh, in lies the problem where Alien Covenant was two different movies, and the, the horror part of the movie just wasn't as good as what the first Alien was. The first Alien was a great horror film in space. Mm. This movie was a slasher and a brain-dead kind of Jason almost style movie hmm. that happened to have some really thought-provoking questions muddled throughout the rest of it. My biggest problem with Alien Covenant is that I feel like it regressed. Really? The, it, when it came to any sort of thought process behind the characters and society and what we do, um, I, I've talked about this before, not in here, that the science behind it, if, if you think about how NASA does things, this Alien Covenant's in the future. We're in the past, if we're going in the timeline. The things that they do in Alien Covenant are things that NASA wouldn't even do. <laughs> NASA wouldn't even allow to pass. NASA's in the past! How are you doing that in Alien Covenant? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I remember even in the trailer, the first thing they show is then when they land on the planet, they don't have spaceships on, honestly, and they also just, like, look at the wheat, and they touch it, and, like, you see the spores coming out of the ground. It's like, that seems like something space travelers would know to be on the lookout for. Um, but one bigger overarching thing about this whole movie is, or the whole franchise, the original plan was to have one more movie that took place before Alien, and then they're going to, the rumor is they're going to jump, like, 50, 100 years into the future after the last Alien movie came out, and then have, like, a whole new franchise, start, or a whole new kind of, like, soft reboot of the series. Now they're probably not going to be able to make that second movie, or that third movie, I should say, the prequel to Alien. Were they actually space explorers, though? I thought I thought the whole point of their expedition was they were just regular people going to bone and populate. No, they were... I mean, they were hired... Co Co Covenant yeah. was a uh, colonization mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But were they, like, scientists and stuff? Yeah. They had... Um, some, they did have engineers on the team, you know, because they had a... They had, they a, had the agriculturalist. Yeah, they had an agriculturalist, yeah, and a doctor. Not all of them were scientists, right. but they did have them. But it wasn't a government thing. It was private uh, companies that was doing it. It was yeah. Wayland Tech, right, or whatever. Yeah, Wayland Utani. Yeah, so they were the ones that were funding it. So it is profit-driven. As far as that goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the whole idea was that we're going to have one more movie before Alien takes place, and then they're going to jump forward. Because of the fact that this didn't do so well, the problem is we're probably not going to get the ending to Ridley Scott's whole, like, trilogy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because you're, they're, we're right in the gap. You know, I think uh, Covenant takes place 10 years after Prometheus, and... At the rate Covenant was going, Covenant had another six years before it got to its destination. I can't remember exactly. Watch the movie, something like that. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, I want to say I think the Nostromo is going to be heading out that direction, and I think it's probably only fifteen years at that point. So like you've you're really close to the beginning of Alien, and could they just re could they just skip the last movie and go straight to twenty years after and like use a smaller budget and maybe not really Scott and just have Alien movies that don't have to do anything with David or all of them? I it, think it would be a shame. It'd be a shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, you, they. I don't think Fox is done making Alien movies. I just. They may be done making Ridley Scott Alien movies, which is unfortunate because yeah. I think ultimately there could have been studio pressure to say, hey, we need you to kind of make it bloody and gory to bring in all the old school Alien fans, when in reality, like... He wanted the intellectual... He, he wanted the intellectual yeah. David storyline, and I think had he just ran with that and finished that storyline, like, and just ditched the other shit and ran with it, he probably could have no problem running with it, or to, to make a second film. He would have made plenty of money. It really is unfortunate, the amount of studios have pull on these 
people's properties. Sure. These, these storylines yeah. that they want to get out there, and they're just like, well, we want you to kind of do this because our studies show this sells. I do think, though, there's there's a little bit of hubris as far as Ridley Scott goes here because what he could have done, I mean, you could have made that story with a lot smaller of a budget and it would have been easier for them to make. Sure. Like, if he would have been like, oh, I don't need, you know, big giant space scenes and that kind of stuff. I can do a story that takes place all within the spaceship. So it's only a couple sets. And it's if they just had Fastbender talking to Fastbender, that's two different androids. I'd watch that movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, would wa- I would watch anything with Fastbender. Exactly. I watched the Steve Jobs movie that he did just because I wanted to see him, even though I heard the movie wasn't that great. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. He no, did it great. It wasn't bad. Yeah, he was He was really good. All right. Well, that's... Anything else you want to add before we, we no, close I mean, the book the, on Alien? I, I mean, for now, yeah, I think Alien is probably worth an entire deep dive in terms of an expanded universe, um, in terms of another segment, but in the interim, I think we just kind of put a book on us until we get more news about whether it's officially canceled. Because right now, it's just in limbo. It's in limbo. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not officially canceled. The reassessing the franchise. Yes, exactly. Um, so we'll go from one franchise that might be dying to a, another franchise that's just blooming here. Uh, John Wick is going to have a spinoff movie that's going to center around a female lead, and it's going to turn John Wick into a cinematic franchise did you hear about how they got the rights to this movie though no there was like a war over it yeah different company yeah there was a bidding war because different uh studios wanted it and uh once they got a hold of it they're like adding it it's part of it now well i mean john wick had like even the first movie uh even though they didn't plan on making a cinematic universe it had the potential with the Continental, the the hotel that he goes to. Yeah. yeah. And it felt cool. You're like, oh my God, yeah. this is a whole like society of these assassins and they have like this structure and you wanted to learn more about that. So to me, at least with even with the first movie, I was like, they could totally make this into a cinematic universe. If we just like went to every hotel room and just like tell that guy's story, tell that guy's story, tell that guy's story, that could be really super interesting, which is essentially what they're looking like they're gonna do. It'd be kinda cool like if because they all kind of, like, we know there's a bunch of different assassins in the Continental during that, that one scene. Um, if their other movies sort of have them go to that during that part and then split off and do whatever they're doing. Like, they kind of like, oh, so there's the tie-in for, like, we know it's all tied in, but, you know, there's this, like, focal point, the central point that all the movies kind of have together. But then they have their own thing that branches off of that. You know what would actually be really cool is if they had every movie in the cinematic universe if they all took place on the same timeline oh and they all at some point actually were in the continental during the time like when he was there and like he just kind of like walked through the room or something like that and like he would always like in every single expanded movie he would just he'd be in a different background scene just like doing the same thing he was doing in john wick it's just because every movie would have taken place at the same exact... It'd be kind of insane, but it would be like... I feel like if they did that, they should do it with, like, John Wick 3 has a scene, and then they all are in that scene, and then, like, you slowly piece together all those parts, because they could actually really, like, ham it up. Like, for example, like, a bullet goes through the wall, and, like, all you know is in the John Wick movie, it goes through the wall, but in the second movie, or in, like, one of the expanded universes, it kills someone and on the other side. You right. The Randomly. It's like, right. oh, crap. <laughs> That's exactly what I was trying to suggest. You did it way <laughs> I want to bring up the the whole um, the movie itself. The ball, it's about a ballerina. We don't know very much more than that. One, the bidding war. That that says a lot that there was a bidding war over it. Yeah. That m- multiple different places thought that it would be worth having and creating. So I'm excited just based on that aspect of alone. But also, they, they did say that they wanted to make it La Femme Nikita-esque. 
Mm-hmm. La Femme Nikita by Luc Besson is one of my favorite classics, you know, female. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's such a great movie. And to see that they're going to try and do that, because they, they try to do that with Lucy. Lucy mm-hmm. did not go mm-hmm. as well as they had liked. It, you, did you like Lucy? I, I like I like everything. <laughs> I mean, I like a lot of bad movies. No, that's, that's fair. So the, the plot of Ballerina follows a young woman raised as an assassin who goes on a hunt for the train or goes on the hunt for the train killers that murdered her family. Mm-hmm. So it's John Wick. I mean, it's the same idea. It, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, it's a revenge story. It's a John Wick universe. I, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah. So that, and that's uh, I, I wanted to bring up because you guys are talking about you know having these assassin movies. Like, how would you how would you make a movie about an assassin? Would you just be following them around as like they go kill each other or go kill their their targets? Because like John Wick is about revenge story mm-hmm. twice, twice, and, yeah. and and now this one's a revenge story. So unless like every assassin movie is a revenge story, which would no, I mean that's yeah. a fair point. But there's also different ways you can go about it. A job gone wrong, uh, assassin who thought thought he's going to assassinate someone, but it turns out he's actually the target. And like I mean, there's ways that you could make the assassin story interesting i mean some of the best movies we've had as far as like the action genre have been centered around some sort of assassin uh the professional like i mean you could do interesting stories yeah the professional and then la femme nikita itself she she it's not a revenge story at all okay she's recruited because she's just uh, a real crappy person in general she's Mm -hmm you know, doing all these things that are against the law, and they decide, you know what, you can either have a second life, or you can just be put to death. You have that second life, you're going to work for us. You're going to learn from us. You're going to do what we ask you to do. And that's the whole premise of La Femme Nikita. She joins this assassin agency. Mm-hmm. She decides to take that second life and, and learn from the mistakes that she's made, and she becomes a better person for it. Yeah, she has to kill, <laughs> but her life has completely changed. Yeah, but these are all standalone movies. Like we're talking about. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like, but we're you, we're talking about. It would be cool to make a universe of assassin movies, and I feel like you would run out of ideas pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, you unless, could kind of spin off from Assassin. <laughs> so we have an assassin. John Wick takes place in the cinematic or the well, Marvel cinematic. She is a ballerina. So is. Uh, <laughs> oh Natasha. my god! It's actually Black <laughs> Widow. It's the Red Room. Oh god! <laughs> I'm excited for it. I, I do think it's interesting also, another aspect of this is the fact that they're turning a movie that wasn't originally intended intended to be a cinematic universe into a cinematic universe. We don't really see that happen a lot, and I got a feeling we're going to see more of that because the fact that cinematic universes are a big rage. So if you want to make your movie big, maybe turn it into a cinematic universe. When done right, they're great. Like You love every, usually every aspect of them. I just want I want enough movies in this John Wick universe to figure out how the damn coins work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legit question. I was just going to say, I think that anytime you create a movie, something like John Wick, you have this great opportunity. Like Sometimes you just kind of be bold and say, like, yeah, this is a hotel called the Continental, and you see John Wick show up and give coins. You don't know how he gets them. You don't know where I got them from, you know, and like you don't know how the continental is supposed to work or who originated it or what. Like they're just part. It's it's just unexplained, and you just kind of have to accept it. And a lot of people are like get frustrated by that, but you're right. Like that allows any any good director can even instantly say like, let's make a movie based on this really kind of cryptic idea that we ran with that no one, everyone kind of liked. Yeah. Like they wanted to know more about it. 
Yeah, no, it's really cool. And, like, part of me doesn't want the mystery of the coins ever revealed. Sure. It's never going to be as cool as what you thought it could have been. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, that's the... That's the... Kind of like the flip side, <laughs> coins. Uh, the flip side of this whole thing is, if you make it a cinematic universe, you you might explain too much, and you might just kind of run dry in that well of you know ideas and stories. Um, like you're saying with assassins, how how far can you really go with that? Um, so that'd be a fun question. What standalone movie would you like to see turned into a cinematic universe? We'll go around the table and come up with an idea. Bruno, you want us to t- choose you last, or do you have one? The standalone movie, <laughs> I wish they would just redo the movie that I want to franchise, but I want Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles redone, not by Michael Bay. And then I want that to tie in back into the Marvel Universe because of Daredevil and all that. And I thought it'd be neat as an Easter egg if like, either during the, the show or even the movie, the Ben Affleck movie, that if the background during the crash you saw like a little girl drop her, <laughs> you know... Drop her little, you know, aquarium of turtles. So your your pitch, okay. <laughs> so this is going to be cinematic universe for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What other characters besides Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles do you want to spin off of? Oh, uh, you could do Casey Jones. Okay. I'm trying to think. You do Baxter. Oh, oh a Baxter Stockman story, mm-hmm. like like the fly. Yep. Make it like a horror story. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. Yeah, I think there's there's enough. Like you could even do like a Shredder movie. I was just gonna say like something almost like the the like Anakin Darth Vader like Shredder's Shredder's, Shredder's origin was, story. Yeah. Shredder would be awesome. Bringing up the foot and yeah. all that. There's a um, there's a uh, a mini series called um, Bebop Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything where they uh, mistakenly go back through time. And there's this this whole big time uh, fiasco. I would love to see that as a movie. I mean, that that feels a little bit too close to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, which was not good. So uh, you kind of scared me a little bit there. But other than that, yeah, you know, I'm with you. Um, if you are checking out the the actual current comic book run of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it is really good. It's actually like I've picked up a couple graphic novels of it, and it's I thought it was going to be kind of like fun, like Calabunga. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but instead they went back to the original like feeling of the comic, and it is super intense, actually. So I could see that working, actually. Yeah, and exactly, and I think if you go back to the original feel and not have you know, oh, we're trying to make the the uh, well-known child like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Big question: PG thirteen or rated R? R. Ah, oh, all right. <laughs> because, okay, so here's my thing with the turtles: like, like Leonardo, he has swords. But he just hits them with the butt. He can't use them because if they actually like, you know, just you know, cut the shredder, you're done. Guess what? The foot's done. (laughs) I guess okay, they need a long-lasting thing, but still, like, it'd make life so much easier. It'd make their universe so much easier if they could actually use their weapons properly instead of trying to find unique. Although you know, swinging the sausage patties around was very, very nice. All right, Megan, how about you? My answer is a little different. It's not a movie, it's a director. I want his movies to all be within the same universe. And I mentioned Luc Besson earlier because La Femme Nikita, but he has movies such as The Fifth Element, Mm -hmm. Leon the Professional, The Transporter, Taken, all those assassin movies. I think that they should, as you guys were discussing with John Wick all we put together but then you have like the fifth element in Valerian that's just in the future it's still it's still connected it's just the 
future. So you wanted to do essentially just tie these movies together. So make you think existing make franchises. Make a bunch of movies to tie them together. Okay. It's fine. Gotcha. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like Valerian. It's not very good. I don't care. <laughs> it is a French comic, you guys. You're not going to like it. You're American. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a good movie they could have made in there. I'm just saying that's not. I mean, it's have not you Valerian's seen it yet, fault. Though? I, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming it's not good. A lot of people don't like it, and I haven't seen it yet, and I probably won't like it, but I want to. I heard that the first 15 minutes have a great like origin, like telling you how everything happened, and it's like the coolest CG you've ever seen, the coolest like 3D you've ever seen. So I might just see it for that first 15 minutes, uh, if nothing else. And plus, it's Luke Susan, so he does great visuals. <laughs> All right, Josh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go with the most Excelsior answer and say Star Trek. Oh. Um, oh, okay, so like a Star Trek that doesn't follow Kirk and all them. Hell yeah. So do you want it to be based off of the TV show? So do you want to actually follow, like, you have Next Generation, you have Deep Space Nine, or do you want something completely new? No, I mean, I, I, want, I, want, I want to see what um, the effects of... The, the new Enterprise have on the rest of Starfleet. Okay. Because, I mean, they're the pinnacle. They're the best. And, like, their actions have very uh, huge repercussions, like, in that galaxy. I'd like to see what they are. Um, also, you know, the new Star Trek movies, they're all, like, they're all action-y and stuff, which is, which is you know, it's great. Um, but I'd like to see some... I'd like to see some like undercover missions, or you know, like 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 a, like a spy movie in the Star Trek universe, or you know, just a- anything other than action. I, I think that could actually be really good. I, I would I would not mind that. Yeah, I mean there there's there's more than enough material for them to easily make a universe. All they have to do is like, oh, here's another crew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, there's the Enterprise in the background. Hey guys. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brendan, it's up to you. So, as it turns out, I have a, an answer that I know Bruno and I would both hold very dear to our hearts, and it's got to be Pacific Rim for me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I could actually see them already doing it. Like, I feel like they, they well, might the, even be setting it up. Well, they announced a second movie. Yeah. Have you seen the commercials for it? Oh, yeah, it looks awesome. Pacific yeah. Rim Uprising uh, is, is going to be the sequel, but it takes place ten years after the Battle of the Breach. Um, but do we, ha- we don't have the same main character coming back. So, technically, it, it could, could be... be Technically, yeah. I mean, this is it follows uh, what's the guy's name? Son, John. Bo- uh, John Boyega is playing the actor. Yeah, is I can't remember what Idris Elba's name. Um, yeah, I don't. I, it's been so long since I saw specific Pacific Rim. Then oh. specific Rim. Stacker, Pentecost. Pentecost. That's Pentecost. right. So uh, I think Pacific Rim. I mean. Anytime Del Toro builds a world, it's already got all these layers built into it. I mean, he. He had this entire website built up for Pacific Rim before it ever came out that talked about like, you know, uh, like how the first kaiju's came about and the first Jaegers they were built. Because I mean, this this picks up after the Jaeger program has been basically dissolved, and kaiju's are level three now on a regular basis. So there's years and years and years that they kind of just condense into the first like five minutes to kind of give you an idea of what the world's like. Hmm. But I think you could very much do. Like a movie that builds up to them completing their first Jaeger to combat, you know, like you could kind of make this giant monster movie, or even in between. I mean, this this movie was fifteen years from the first kaiju. So the only I, thing I'd be worried about is I feel like it would be one new because I feel like yeah, yeah all yeah. the stories are pretty much 
hey, we, we have robots fighting monsters. And that's all the stories, which is, I love that story. But Well, you could do it pre that. You could do it when the kaijus first come there. That not, cool. you, you don't even have, like, you don't even have to say, hey, this is part of Pacific Rim. You just have this, uh, like, monster movie that comes out, like, you know, people are just doing their normal things, and these monsters start just invading. Oh, now what? Like, there's this whole thing, and, like, yeah, eventually it comes out, but you don't have to necessarily yeah. tie them right away. Like, oh, now there's, you know, the Jaeger program's now a thing, or have, Trump built his wall. You, oh, <laughs> you have the creation of the Jaegers, then. That's a storyline for that one. Mm-hmm. We, we have a problem. We need to fix it. This is our fix. Yep. We so, created it. Yeah, exactly. So you have, you have your monster movie, and then you have a solution, and then you have in the future back when, you know, the wall, and we were trying to dissolve everything. Uh, one last thought on it would be you could even do like how you could even follow like the gangs that like you know run this black market on kaiju parts you don't even have to involve that'd be cool um you know you could just kind of have them like kaiju and jaeger are part of the background it it doesn't have to be about the kaiju you could just make it about i can't remember what the hell their name was uh black hand or something like that or whatever ron perlman's gang was called (laughs) um I think that would be a you could there's a lot you can run because his universe was so well crafted before the movie ever got going. Well, and one Del Toro, I mean, he could his imagination, he could come up with a hundred times better than we just you know spitball here. Right. Alone. Speaking of Del Toro and Ron Perlman, like Hellboy and the BPRD universe would be pretty cool. No, that'd actually be one of my topics as well. I, I it's kind of cheating. I feel like because there already is an expanded universe in the comic books. But the fact that the movies didn't capitalize on that, I do think it would be really cool. We're sort of getting that with this new Del Toro movie, right? Yeah. yeah the new Tor- Del Toro water. movie looks like it's pretty yeah. much Abe Sapien, but not really Abe Sapien. So he doesn't have the rights okay. to it anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's Abe Sapien. But it, but it's, it's not Abe Sapien, but it's but Abe it's Sapien. Sapien. Yeah. Um, it's, his, it's his brother Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe Sapien. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so my answer was actually going back a little ways. I, I think it'd be really cool to see a Jim Henson Muppet expanding universe, but not I'm not talking about Kermit, all them. I'm thinking Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal as an expanded universe, or something along those lines. It doesn't actually have to be Dark Crystal. I just want that style uh, to be an expanded universe because that would be really cool to get like Muppets back into a more serious place instead of just being comic relief. Mm-hmm. I would prefer, as much as I like Dark Crystal, I would prefer the other route with Labyrinth, only yeah. because you have you have one section. You have Jared, who is the Jared, excuse me, who is the Goblin King. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about the other kings? That's what about, true. What about the other different types of creatures that exist in this other side world that's part of the real world? Also, you got the cute little Muppets that take their heads off and they have a whole song about it. See, I'm going the opposite route, though. I'm trying to go dark with this. I don't yeah, want it to be cute take, and cuddly. They take children and they make them into goblins. Oh, there's there's that. Yes. How many goblins <laughs> exist? You can go through the stories of yeah. each of those children. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Have you guys ever seen Return to Oz? Yeah, Return to Oz was freaky. Yeah. I loved it. I would love to see a movie about the Wheelers. The Wheelers? Man, I... Actually, if they made Wizard of Oz into like a serious franchise instead of like a goofy, they've tried several didn't, times. Didn't Jared Leto ruin that one too? Wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Jared! <laughs> yeah, they've tried so many different takes on Wizard of Oz, and but no, yeah. If if you ever get a chance, see Return to Oz. It's an older movie, and um, I forget her name. She was in the craft. Tazira Bulk. Is that her name? I probably butchered the pronunciation. Okay, yes, that's her name. Yeah, she she plays the main character. She plays Dorothy. Um, and it's just, a, she gets put into a mental hospital, yeah. and then this is, like, her trip, like, into Oz while she's in the mental hospital, so it's, like, essentially everything's based off of, 
like the wheelers or like the wheels on the uh, beds that wheel everyone around and stuff like that. It's really tricky. And she has a chicken this time instead of Toto. Yeah, which is not as cool actually. That's the one part. <laughs> yeah, but the chicken talks this time. Yeah, so it's still. Eh, I don't know. The chicken was not my favorite part of the whole movie. All right, we're, let's go ahead and go on to our last segment. What we're going to do this week is we're actually going to review a movie. So if you have not seen Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, warning, spoilers, uh, but I feel like we probably have already spoiled most movies uh, before this point, so whatever. The movie's been out for a little while now. We've kind of discussed it a little bit, but the box office for it has been pretty decent. Uh, one cool thing about it is the fact that it is the first, one to, uh, first Spider-Man movie to actually incorporate the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, let's just go around the table and talk about what we thought about it. Bruno, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. It was... I super like this. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, Homecoming was the Spider-Man film that we always needed. Uh, compared to the other films, I was never a big fan. I know some people liked parts and sections of other films. I was... Yeah. <laughs> Chachi, I think, liked all of them. Um, <laughs> he likes just, everything. We've already he likes, established. He likes everything. Um, but this felt more like... The Peter Parker that I've heard of and know from comics, it looked like a 15-year-old boy and not a 27-year-old trying to be a high schooler. I mean, he is 20, but... That's still a lot better he's than we still, usually get. Yeah, still. He's, he's 21. Yeah. Oh, I thought he just yeah, he, turned 20. He, yeah, he just okay. had a birthday recently. Uh, he's, you know, he's this... They got, like, all the parts about Peter Parker right without throwing them in your face. You know, he was at this uh, advanced school. Uh, he was super smart. He was, like, the head of his debate team. He's the smartest one. He's not the captain. Oh, he's not the captain. I'm sorry. He's, he's the smartest one of the debate team. But they never, like, it was always in passing, though. It was never, like, oh, like, well, I guess it was, like, kind of throwing your face because, like, why aren't you here because you're the smartest one. But um, <laughs> they, they, it's, it, that's always, like, an aside to what's actually going on. It's, his, it's him growing up and trying to figure out who he is, not, as, not only as a superhero, but as a person. As, you know, he's just, he's a teenager going through things that normal teenagers do and go through. And I felt like they captured all of that very well. They captured all that correctly. Um, as a lot of people put it akin to a John Hughes movie, it's his, you know, it's growing up period for him. And I think that they hit like all the right notes, all the right parts. Um, he was the amount of witty he needed to be, but the amount of naive naivety that he, he needed to, as a, child. as a child to hit that. He didn't know all the answers right away. And, it showed, and it, it worked out really well. Plus, whoever had the costume design, the nerdy t-shirts that they gave him, yes. just when he's going through school and yeah. all that stuff, were fantastic. It's something he, like Peter Parker would wear. He wanted to be wearing Hollister and Fitch. Yeah. Right. It's Abercrombie and Fitch. Hollister is a different Not in this universe. Not in this universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, they didn't get the rights, actually. There's trademarks. Yeah. Uh, Megan, what do you think? Um, I had a lot of things that I really loved about it. I have two things I want to talk about. Um, yeah. I'll try not to like get too in-depth. Um, no, this is spoilers, so you're, okay. you're good to go. My comic book nerdy side was screaming during this movie. I was a little upset at first because <laughs> we see Ned Leeds, who is 100% ganky from the Miles Morales. He's the same ethnicity. He made a Death Star. Ganky did the same thing in the comics. <laughs> Whatever. They stole one character and they put it in in this universe. I'm actually okay with that because I feel like he, he's a great character, so I want him in it. Yeah, but the point I want to get to is that they have referenced Miles Morales. Yep. He exists in this universe. 
Spoiler, Donald Glover plays his uncle. Donald Glover played Miles Morales in the comic book versions, the the, the animated, animated versions, animations, excuse me. Yeah. And there was this whole big thing where people wanted him to, to be Spider-Man in real life, and he, he got to do it in the animated versions, but now he gets to play Miles Morales' uncle, who in Miles Morales' universe becomes his enemy when Miles becomes Spider-Man. And he has to fight his uncle, and some things happen. So I was really excited to see Donald Glover, one, kind of reprise his role in a relatedness to Miles Morales. Two, mention his nephew and wanting to better the, you know, the world around him for his nephew. Because his nep- nephew lives in that neighborhood. Yes, because... So they, they, they connected it very well. Like, they, they pretty much didn't want to say it was Miles, but they, they did. Exactly. And then my third part is that... When Peter Parker was bitten by a spider, that spider bit somebody else, and it was Cindy Moon. Cindy, there is a character named Cindy in this movie. It's not been solidified that it yeah. is Cindy Moon, but the character's name was Cindy. She was on his debate team with him. Okay. Cindy in the comics went to school with Peter Parker. She was older than him. She was in a few grades older than him, but she was bitten by the same spider. She got different powers, but still powers enough to become Silk her own spider person. Gotcha. And she had her own comic run, which unfortunately just ended because that's the way that all the comics that I love to read go. Uh, say, is this all newer? Because I, I know nothing about Cindy or Silk. Like, what, when did they bring this character into the... Uh, Silk, Silk's a newer-ish. She's okay. been around for a little while, uh, a couple years now. Okay, I gotcha. can't tell you the year that she started, but that's she's been around long enough to have been established. Gotcha. Uh, there's... There's a love-hate relationship with her, with people, because there's, like, a love story between her and Peter Parker, and then she was, like, hidden in a bunker for a long time because she was afraid of her powers and didn't know how to utilize them, and then this whole big thing. So she was in a bunker for, like, 20 years, and then she's re-released, she gets out, and then she's silk and trying to find her family is her comic series but it was really exciting to see a character named Cindy, (laughs) and I'm like, that's her! That's gotta be! Even though there's been no verification it's her. The comic book nerd in me loves it. <laughs> I I love the movie. Um, however, I, what I will say is that it's it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man Two is my favorite because uh, Bruno, you brought this up. I think that Spider-Man Homecoming is a fantastic coming-of-age story, but I think Spider-Man Two is a better Spider-Man story. Um, I thought I thought Doctor Octopus was really good, and the reason that I the reason that I liked Doctor Octopus was because like he was just like uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture. He was a good guy doing bad things for the right reasons. Um, he was very relatable. I mean, because you know we're all like super smart scientists <laughs> and are trying to oh, yeah, of do course, a fusion yeah. experiment. But um, anyway, I digress. I I, I, I love the movie. Um, I thought Michael Keaton was fantastic and super, um, like amazing. No, I won't. I won't go. I won't go that far. Just, <laughs> just super and fantastic. Um, but uh, I saw it. I saw it a few times, and um, both times Bruno laughs at me every single time. I, I, I still jump at, in the kitchen whenever um, uh, Peter and uh, the Vulture are just staring at each other in the kitchen in, in that intense moment. And then Liz's mom walks in. I jump every single time. <laughs> How many times have you jumped? I've jumped twice, and I'm probably going to jump again tomorrow night. 
Brendan, what do you think? I don't have much to add beyond what everyone else has already said in this room. I thought Homecoming was, again, the Spider-Man movie that we kind of all deserved um, and needed. I definitely thought Tom Holland was the Spider-Man that I think of when I think of Spider-Man. Um, but I will agree with Trachi in a lot of ways that I think Spider-Man 2 um, definitely kind of gets one of those bad raps, kind of similar to like the early X-Men movies. Like I think actually like X-Men... X2, X-Men United was actually very, very good. Um, but a lot of people like just pretend that anything occurred that, that happened before um, Days of Future Past and... We're not talking about X-Men. Sorry. Anyway, X-Men X, X 3 ruined X-Men 2, just like Spider-Man 3 ruined Spider-Man 2. I think that's, that's a very... That's, that's a, probably yeah. a good way of putting it. I um, think Spider-Man 3 ruined Spider-Man until now. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man Three, Amazing Spider Man Two did a lot of ruining as well, <laughs> which is un- which is unfortunate because I think I remember watching the trailers for you know Amazing Spider Man Two. Um, that was the that was the one that had Shocker, right? Yeah, no, not Shocker. Uh, uh, Electro, Electro. Electro. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, like one Jamie Foxx is fantastic, uh, and I thought like in all the trailers he looked great. I was like, man, this is gonna be cool, and then that movie was just stupid. Hey, they killed Gwen Stacy the way she needed to be killed, and I respected that. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. They I actually mean, had they, the guts they, to kill a character, unlike every other single movie. Out there. They killed the character and then immediately canceled the series. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so I, you know, I thought uh, Tobey Maguire was you know the perfect Peter Parker. I thought Andrew Garfield was the perfect Spider-Man until Tom Holland. Like he did, he played both sides of the coin so well. He was he was nerdy enough. But like like you said, not too in your face nerdy. Um, his Spider Man was the perfect amount of like spunk and uh, sarcastic and witty and stuff. And I just I just th- I just thought everything about him was really good. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next movie because we we get to move past the growing pains of becoming Spider Man and get to like just see Spider Man like be Spider Man. I agree with that, uh, 100%. And I just want to say the casting director for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I forget her name, um, but she has casted pretty much everyone to a T, starting with Robert Downey Jr. You you feel like he is Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. He is Tony Stark. He is same, Tony Stark. Same with Tom Holland. Like He is Peter Parker in my eyes. Now, I just have a question. Mm-hmm. Since we don't, we don't have anything about Uncle Ben... Who should play Uncle Ben if it ever were to be a thing? Let's not talk about that. The Uncle ben we, don't, we don't have to put this in, but I'm curious no, 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 what yeah. you guys think. No, I agree. I mean, it like, is... In a picture, even. Yeah. Like, oh. I feel like it's going to have to happen because they need Uncle Ben at least at some point. Like, they can't just completely ignore the whole story. Or I can they? they I, hope they I like that they didn't mention it no, at all. It's fine if they ignore it, but I agree that having maybe a picture on the wall of, you know... I want him to exist in the cinematic universe, but I don't want him to be a focus ever. So yeah, a picture on the wall would be okay. But like, I like I like what they did um, in this one. Whenever uh, Ned kept asking him, like, "Oh, do you lay eggs?" Like, blah blah blah. What happened? He was like, he was like, "Look, I got bit by a spider. It's dead. Like, yeah, that's it. Let's move on." Yeah, that that was basically like telling the audience. We get it. You know, you know. There's my origin story. We're moving on. I just want to know what your fan casts are. That's all. I, I I I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Honestly, I, yeah, that's going to be a deep dive. That I'll have to though. think about this for the next episode. That's my homework for you guys. Yeah, yeah, I, hope, I hope I hope Michael Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel J. Lewis might be cool, actually. 
biggest thing that I wanted to say about the movie though was there's a couple scenes in there that where I felt like they they hit it um, almost out of the park but not quite. The biggest one for me was when the rubble is on top of Peter. Oh, yeah, voiceover. Yeah, okay, uh, that's what I'm getting to. So just setting up the scene. You what know, you don't like something? The, the vulture crumbles the building on top of him. Peter is in agony, and I thought Tom Holland did a great job. He felt he looks like afraid. The way he looked, the way he sounded, like the way they 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 focused in on him whining and like asking for help. I was like, holy crap! Like this is like this is it was choking me up. Like yeah, I was but like, at that point, it is a child in need. Yeah, like you realize, oh crap, he is a kid and he has a whole bunch of crap on top of him that he's gonna die. Right, and he's gonna, yeah, he's like he didn't take heed anyone's words that yeah. like you know I should have been safer. And then the the first thing that took me out of it wasn't that actually the voiceover is when he looked down and you see him looking at the reflection it's obviously CG reflection and it like it didn't need to happen that way that is an image taken straight from the comics it is and I understand why they did it and I the whole rubble part it was straight out of the comics and I understood why they did it and I thought it was an effective point and if they just did that with the the reflection I would have been okay but then we hear Tony's voice and I hear nothing without the suit you don't deserve it we didn't need Tony we did we didn't need the hit on the head like as an audience, I feel like they didn't trust us to understand that that was the moment where he reflected on those words. Like if they would have just left it unsaid, and then he's like looking at himself and gets serious looking, and then lifts the rubble off him, we would have known. Oh, he was reflecting on that moment. Or if they actually needed that in there somehow, have him say it. Don't have the voiceover. Have him go, you know, say the exact same line, and then lift the, the rubble off him. Don't have Tony's voice because I feel like get, having it be Tony's voice. It cheapened it. It cheapens it, and it also makes it feel like it's Tony, not him. That and and that is one of the biggest complaints that I've heard about Spider-Man is, it's it's he's basically Tony Stark's invention. Yeah. Because Tony Stark, you know, Tony Stark made his suit. He's training him. And like Tony Stark, this Tony Stark, that like Tony Stark is everything about the Marvel universe. He's a mentor, though. Yeah, but like people, I mean, mostly Joe. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this. Um, he, you know, like people just they're they're just complaining about like Tony Stark's involvement. Like it's too much. And From the trailer, I thought it was going to be too much. The trailer for this movie made me think Tony Stark was going to be all over it, and I was kind of like, ugh, I don't want this to be Iron Man's show. I want it to be Spider-Man's show. I do love how at the end, when Peter decides that, no, he's going to wait, he's going to take his time, he's going to do the Little Leagues first, and then it shows that Tony Stark fucked up. <laughs> that he, he did not expect yeah. Peter to be better of an adult than he was. I was like, nice to see like Peter Parker be better than Tony Stark for once, because Tony Stark hard. is an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that kind of another great scene that I thought almost hit it out of the park was actually dealing with Tony Stark and with Pepper Potts. The relationship felt real again, whereas in in Iron Man three, it didn't feel real. Well, it's hard because. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow sucks. I was just going to say, she's unbearable. Yeah, I've heard that. She's an unbearable human being. (laughs) I've heard that. But their chemistry did work in the first movie. Like, I felt like that was a real relationship in the first movie, and it was perfect. Second movie was also great. 
Third movie, not so much. And I was thinking, oh man, we're not going to see Pepper Potts anymore because obviously Gwyneth Paltrow, something's going on. Yeah, She's not getting along with you know the actors or the people, whatever. I didn't know she what it was. She's the way of Natalie Portman. Yeah, and I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> <I> thought, like, <laughs> exactly. But then we saw her in this movie, in Spider-Man, and one, I was surprised to see her at all. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think there, she was coming back. And two, that chemistry between them was there again. Maybe it's just because it was a short scene, so like they didn't have time to... like show you how bad it is, but it felt like their relationship was real. Well, the whole time she's annoyed with them, so she's just playing herself. It's, it's <laughs> fine. Like, Pepper Potts should be annoyed with Tony annoying, or because Tony does annoying things. But, yeah, I thought it was a good scene. I don't think there's anything else we can really add to this, uh, unless there's anything else anyone can think of. No. All right, well, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, do you guys want to give a score to this at all? Or, like, does it make the top three or five of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Oh, I thought, you'd like, do you wanted us to score this episode? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what I thought it Not the like episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you guys all little uh, sheets of paper. We're going to grade the show. No. Uh, um, what do you think this movie rates as far as Cinematic Universe, or as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I know when I walked out of it, I stated, I think this is my favorite. And, I mean, I'm a very passionate person, so that's probably... I just came through it. Mm-hmm. I have to watch it a few more times, but I think it's it's near the top for me, at least. Okay. Just because I felt like it, they finally gotten right, and it was such a fun movie, and I love John Hughes movies, and it was a superhero John Hughes movie. Yeah. So, near the top for me. I can't put it in a... You want to say top line. three or top five? I would do top five for now, okay. and I might revisit the top three at some point. It's definitely in the top three for me. Top three? Okay. Um, yeah, I was in the same boat as Bruno. Um, I thought, I thought coming out, it, it could have been the best one. Um, I still don't think that it will beat, uh, Winter Soldier for me, but I think I'll give it a top three. Okay. I'm, I'm, I think probably more in the solid top five camp. I, I don't, I think I, I probably like Civil War and Winter Soldier and Guardians better. Um. No, that's legit. I, I, it's top five for me as well. Civil War? I love Civil War. Civil War's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you're introduced to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just it's 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 just interesting because I, I mean, there's been a, a lot of a lot of people Wait. a lot of people hate on Civil War. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like it gets undue. I don't know. I feel like people just like to crap on it because it has so many characters. And, yeah. yeah. Get, get used to it. We've got Infinity War coming Yeah, exactly. It's going to get, get even. Um, but yeah, I, for me, it's also top five. Uh, it doesn't break the top three for me just because I feel like not only did... There's some things I didn't like about it, but there's also the stakes didn't feel like... I don't know. In the cinematic universe, I thought it was going to be more connected and have more to do. But I feel like this movie was kind of about... Nothing, but I, that's okay. Sorry, I personally like that because no, that's legit. Yeah, it, yeah. like he's eventually going to get there. He's eventually going to oh, yeah. be that. But this was his coming of age. Yeah, and like if they threw him right into the thing, right, like the fray right away, like they they did with Civil War, like he he had a part in that. Which I going back, Megan and I sort of locked eyes here when we were talking about like how <laughs> they tied that in, how they he had his shaky cam footage of him of filming opening, himself. Yeah. That opening was fantastic. If nothing else in the whole movie made him feel as much as a kid as him taking selfies as him mm-hmm. having you know shaky cam footage from his camera of Civil War. Nothing felt more like, oh yeah, he's a kid. Yeah, and that, all that stuff annoyed me, because, but then I was like, oh yeah, he's... he's yeah, it annoyed you because it's he, a kid thing to do. He's in 10th grade. Or yeah. was, oh, he was in 9th grade, wasn't he? Uh, so he ninth? was in 9th or 10th grade. Yeah. Something like that. He was in high school. No, he's in his sophomore year in this movie, okay. so he's yeah. in 10th grade. 10th grade. 
Um, I personally like that it's a standalone on its own because we have Avengers when they're together. We have specific movies yeah. title when they're together. So the fact that this is like a, a storyline where the villain is something strictly to him, that's 100% okay. That's to and be I expected. Make it clear. I don't mean the, the stakes weren't high because it wasn't connected. But like, for example, Ant-Man stakes were higher, I felt like. Like higher than he, having weapons that could destroy. Eh, but he already had weapons that could and, destroy houses. Yeah, but they, they're <laughs> taking they're taking alien technology and they're creating yeah. weapons. I I personally think that that's really scary when you're giving them into the hands of any any day criminal can turn into it's a fair. master criminal. Yeah, and sorry, sorry. No, sorry. no, no. It's, no, no. It's, well, because of that, you have uh, set up for the next movies. Mm-hmm. You have the Tinkerer. Eve Scorpion, yeah. who was uh, the guy who was in Breaking Bad. You see him again at the very end. So you have this lineup of bad guys and villains that y- you can see are going to come in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another way... I know, I'm going back to this. I'm sorry. I think that's another way why this movie's superior to the other Spider-Mans is it had one real villain the whole movie instead of three. I applaud it for that. I, I love the fact that we didn't have a lot of villains. But you had an introduction to further yeah. ones to plan. Uh, Spider-Man 2 only had one villain. Technically, where was uh, Harry Osborn the whole time? Was he not in it at all? He was, but he wasn't a villain. I mean, he's always a villain. <laughs> he, well, that's that's whenever he found his dad's uh, secret lair. Going down a and, rabbit hole. I'm going to say, yeah. we can all agree the real villain is Jared Leto. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. The Agreed. real villain Agreed. here is Jared Leto. And this episode is brought to you by Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> we, we talked really nice things about Wonder Woman. I'm going to say. We did. Yeah. We did have a lot to say.